Welcome to Positively Polished. This podcast was created to promote UNM's positive pageantry movement, which aims to bridge the divide between pageant systems, create a stronger sisterhood across pageant lines, and support all title holders. Follow along as we'll be interviewing many UNM keepers of the crown. We'll also be visiting with national title holders from other pageant systems all across the country as well. Tune in as these national queens will be taking us along on their personal journey to the crown, as well as sharing tips to help us positively polish our pageantry skills. Follow us on Instagram and Spotify for new episodes. Caroline Cook, your 2020 USA National Miss East Coast Preteen, and you are listening to Positively Polished. Hello everyone, welcome to Positively Polished. I'm your host, Caroline. I'm over the moon excited to introduce to you my amazing guest, our 2016 Miss America, Betty Cantrell Maxwell, also. Thank you so much for having me on, Caroline. Yes, of course. Betty, thank you so much for being my guest. This is by far one of the most exciting moments (laughs) ever for me. (laughs) So, like, first, like, so first real pageant um, was in 2016, whenever I was six years old, whenever I discovered you as Miss America on Musical.ly, and I saved your photo as a screensaver on my iPod because I thought you were so pretty. Oh, my gosh, thank you. That is so sweet. <laughs> and uh, then what a dream to come true that you were one of a judge at Nationals last year. Yes, that was awesome. One of my highlights of Nationals was getting to meet you and see you rock the Union Runway. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun. So excited to see you at Nationals again this year. You'll be emceeing, right? That is right. I'm going to be the MC. I'm so excited to see you again. Like, can you believe that there are 52 delegates in the preteen, like just in the preteen division? That uh, is insane. Just like Miss America. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> So um, I read your book, Miss Unlikely, and I learned so much about your journey to Miss America. And I plan to ask you a lot of (laughs) normal interview questions, but I thought we would do something like fun and throw in some random Andy Griffin, Andy Griffith trivia, (laughs) if that's okay with you. Oh my gosh. I just hope I don't embarrass myself, (laughs) but that should be really fun. Yeah. My papa was like a huge fan and, uh, Okay, question before, were you like the best whenever you and your family played? (laughs) Okay, so I thought, I always thought I was the best, of course, (laughs) but um, I guess in reality, my dad has always been like the king of Andy Griffith trivia, but my siblings and I always competed to see who could beat my dad. And I think all three of us have successfully beaten him at least once. So I think I'm pretty good. (laughs) So first question, how did you really get involved with UNM or how did you come to UNM and be a judge last year? 
So um, Miss Jackie is the one who reached out to me initially and introduced herself and told me about UNM and everything that it stands for and just about the pageant itself. And I just thought it sounded so amazing. And I was honestly surprised that I hadn't been more involved with it in my past. Of course, it did take me a long time to get involved in pageantry at all. I didn't do my first pageant until I was like 19. So, but, but when I did get the opportunity to come judge UNM, when Miss Jackie asked me to come be a judge, I was so honored. And when I finally got to come be the judge that summer, I was just amazed. I was just blown away by the pageant and I, and everything that it offers young women and um, the prize package alone is incredible. And I was just blown away by it. And um, I told Miss Jackie, I was like, man, if I had known about UNM when I was younger, I probably would have competed in pageants <laughs> way earlier than 19 because it is just the best pageant, I feel like, for young women. I love it. And it definitely is the best pageant for getting your start in pageantry for sure. Yes, I love UNM so much. Uh, next question. When did you start competing in pageants and what made you want to compete? So like I said, I didn't do my first pageant until I was about 19 years old. So I was a freshman in college at the time, actually. And um, what made me want to compete was actually, actually, I didn't want to compete, if I'm being honest. <laughs> my mom actually convinced me to compete. Um, she was telling me about how someone, a friend of hers, um, who she met at work, came up to her and was like, how come Betty doesn't ever compete in pageants? Um, and turns out the woman was the local director for the Miss Warner Robbins pageant. Pageant, which is which was my hometown local for Miss Georgia and in under the Miss, Miss America system. And my mom um, was like, well, you know, Betty just never, we just never introduced pageants to her. That's just not something that she ever did, but I'll bring it up to her. And so my mom brought it up to me one day and was like, this woman wants to know if you want to compete in Miss Warner Robbins. And I was like, why would I ever want to do that? I am not a pageant girl. I do not want to be, you know, I don't want people to think I'm this airheaded, you know, frou-frou, you know, you know how people think yeah. about pageant girls. And I believed in that stereotype because I wasn't, I wasn't in on it yet. I didn't know anything about it. And my mom was like, you should just try it. There's a talent competition. And, and of course I love to sing and, um, I love competing in singing competitions. And, um, she was like, there's also scholarship opportunities. And I was in college at the time. So it just kind of made sense. So I decided to give it a try. And if I didn't like it, I would just not do it anymore. But I tried it and I, I loved it. I, I felt like I, I felt like I found my niche in pageantry that it was just everything that I love to do. All the, every phase of competition was just what I thrived in. And so I fell in love with it. And I was first runner up at my first pageant, the Miss Warner Robbins pageant. And then uh, three pageants later, I finally won my first local. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Miss Georgia my first year and I was second runner up at Miss Georgia and overall talent winner. And then I went back to Miss Warner Robbins the next year and won Miss Warner Robbins and then went back to Miss Georgia and won Miss Georgia the next that next year and then went to Miss America. That is awesome. <laughs> obviously went on to win Miss America. Yes. So what is the very, actually speaking of that, what is the very first thing you did when you were crowned Miss America? I know you went to your hotel suite and stuff, but what was the very first thing that you did? 
The very first thing um, after your crown Miss America, um, you know, you do your walk down the runway. And then when when you get back to the stage, the first thing they do is they whisk you away backstage and they put you in this tiny little room <laughs> where they touch up your makeup and dry your tears and, you know, put your eyelashes back on because you cried them off. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and in my case, I had lost an earring as well. So they found me a fresh pair of earrings to put on. And, um, right after, and, oh, and they handed me like, I don't even know, it was like two or three sheets of paper that had a list of sponsors and talking points that I had to memorize in like five seconds. And then right after that, they took me into the press conference where I was, I I had my first press press conference where they interviewed me and I had to speak and answer questions and uh, make sure I mentioned every single talking point and every single sponsor. So it was a stressful situation. (laughs) But that's that's what happens immediately afterwards. Okay, great to know. But okay, so the thing is, is this question, this is a trivia question. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Time to prove myself. <laughs> yes. So I'm just going to throw these trivia questions in here, like throughout the interview. Okay. okay. All right. Who played the grandfather of the Darlings? Of the Darlings? Like, what was his real name? Uh, yes man that's hard (laughs) I don't know any I don't know his real name I know his name in the show is Briscoe Darling yes um but I don't know what his acting acting name is um or like his real name that's a tough of course right off the bat you hit me with one I don't know (laughs) yes my grandfather I guess he just wanted to make it super hard I was kind of questioning um if if it's his real name because I knew you probably wouldn't get that yeah that's hard I I definitely can tell you his character name which was Briscoe Darling yes um his real name is also Denver Pyle yeah, I never would have gotten that. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. I've never even thought so. Uh, okay. Um, I know something that we share is the, your faith and is super important. Will you share with us your favorite Bible scripture? Oh my gosh, that is so hard. Um, I, there are so many Bible verses that I live by and that I love so much, but I feel like the probably the most important one that we all need to remember. And that I feel like every single person, you know, you can hear it and you can just find faith is John three sixteen, and for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And I feel like that is just the basis of our entire faith. And, um, if we can all, you know, remember that verse that God gave his only son to save us from our sins, that we can all, you know, find, you you know, it only takes a mustard mustard seed of faith for all of us to be able to have eternal life in heaven. And I feel like that verse is just a verse that can always be a reminder of, you know, what Jesus sacrificed for us, um, to be able to, you know, be saved from our own sins. So I love that one. Yes, I love that one too. Um, but okay, now we're getting down to business. Now I hated learning in your book that you were bullied by your coach, but hearing your story actually helped me deal with a really bad time myself recently. I've actually never been bullied until I was actually bullied by my coach in a similar way. Uh, what advice do you have for girls my age who may be faced with the same thing? Oh my goodness. It's so hard when 
a young person is being bullied by someone who's older than them because I know especially growing up in the south you're you're told and you're you're um, taught to respect your elders mm-hmm. and that can be really hard when your elder is the one who's mistreating you yeah. um, so it can be really hard to stand up for yourself and uh, it took me a really long time to be able to stand up against this person that was you know treating me poorly because they're in a position where you know they're supposed to be trying to help you to be your best. So it can be really, really hard to take that step. Um, you know, it's, it takes a lot of confidence to be able to speak up against someone who's supposed to be your teacher. Um, so my, I guess my biggest piece of advice would be to don't underestimate yourself. If you have a gut feeling that something is wrong, that you're not being treated correctly, or that someone's guiding you in a way that's not true to you. Um, don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. Um, because in the end, you know, it's your life. You can't wait around for that person to stop being that way because chances are they're always going to be that way. You know, people people do, people are capable of change, but a lot of times when you're dealing with someone who's a lot older than you, they're already really set in their ways, you know? So as a young person, don't let someone mold you into something that is not true to you. And that's something that I was dealing with was this person was trying to change me into something yeah. that I was not. So I knew that at the end of the day, it's my life and I'm, I only get one shot at, at being me and and uh, I wanted to be, you know, the, as true to myself as possible. So don't be afraid to stand up for yourself because at the end of the day, that that's what matters, um, that, you know, you stay true to yourself. And and uh, I feel like at the end of the day, that's what really helped me to do my best at Miss Georgia and at Miss America was just you know, listening to my, my inner self and listening to my gut. And um, I, I feel like it really worked out for the best. Thank you. And I know that like a lot of people listening, if they had a similar, a similar thing happen to them, that that really helped them as well, as well as me. Um, but I have I ha- like, this was not one of the questions on the top of my head that I have right now, but I just, I just thought of one. See, whenever you were in Miss America, I uh, remember that you were asked like a really horrible question, <laughs> like a really bad question. And then your book is said that like he didn't mean to ask that and it was just like part of the thing. So <laughs> when you're thinking about that, whenever you were thinking about the question, how did you even come up with an answer that <laughs> I can never? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like everyone's worst nightmare to be asked a question that they don't know the answer yeah. to. But you would at least hope that it was a question that mattered, right? No, like, who cares about football? Like, honestly, <laughs> like, I especially did not care, nor did I hardly even know who Tom Brady was, <laughs> except that there was some sort of cheating scandal going on about him yeah. deflating footballs. Like, I, did, I didn't know anything else other than that. And I definitely didn't think that that was <laughs> question I needed to study for, for Miss America. Um, But in that moment, my, my knee jerk reaction was to go to humor because I'm always a very funny person. I like to joke around. That's how I was brought up. Um, Humor always eases the tension, right? And everyone loves someone that can make them laugh. So I was like, okay, I don't know the answer to this at all. (laughs) So (laughs) my first reaction to say was, and it was the first part of my answer was, you know, I really think I'd need to be there to feel the ball to know if it was deflated, which totally made sense to me. Yeah, kind of like making fun of the question itself. Like, how the heck am I supposed to know if it yeah. was deflated or not deflated? I mean, you gotta be there. Um, yeah, exactly. So it was it was really frustrating in that moment. But then as as I, you know, said my little opening line there, I was 
in while I was talking, I was thinking about how can I follow this up with an actual answer? I don't know. So I just decided to really think it through and be like, okay, well, you know, if there's any question there, then he probably cheated. We wouldn't be talking about it if there was nothing weird going on. So I'm saying he probably cheated and he should be punished for that because that's not fair. So that was my, my thought process when I was trying to answer that question. (laughs) I mean, I get where like you can be coming from. I would never be like, what in the world does football have to do with pageants? That's all. Thank you. Who cares? (laughs) So what care what character oh this is another trivia question. Okay. Okay, what character would say Judy, 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 it's me, it's me, it's Ernest T. Okay, so Judy, Judy, Judy is said by Go- by Goober, and it's me, it's me, it's Ernest T is said by Ernest T. Bass. Oh, okay. Okay. Learning something there. You just learned yeah. something there. <laughs> I, okay, so if I'm being truthful, my papa can't help me came up with all of these trivia questions because he likes that show too. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> it's a little before, it's before my time too. So it's way yeah. before your time. <laughs> um, yeah, but he obviously watched it and I was, I have no idea who any of those people are. So well, you can tell him that Judy, Judy, Judy is said by Goober. Okay. okay. And you can teach him a little something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he even knew the answer to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you tell us a story about your pet deer, Annie? Yes. So when I was growing up, we had all kinds of crazy pets because we lived out on the farm and my brother loved to bring home any kind of stray or any kind of animal that he trapped or anything that, you know, was um, abandoned or anything like that in the woods. And um, at one point, it got to the point where anytime anybody found an animal, they would bring it to us because we had the land for it. And they knew that we loved taking care of, you know, wild animals. So at one point, a friend of ours found a baby deer and brought it to us to take care of. And we, her name was Annie. And um, we took care of her for a long time. And um, she was, you know, still really little. She still had all her little white spots on her. And um, so you can tell they're really young when they still have the white spots on them. And so she had to be fed by bottle every single day. And so it was my job to get up in the morning and feed Annie her bottle. And there is this hilarious picture of me in my dad's office, um, like only, only wearing underwear, like completely yeah. naked, just wearing my I underwear. About that. And you're yes, saying- I bet you did. And I'm standing out in the backyard, holding a bottle up to Annie, just so tired. It was like 6am, but I had to go feed Annie and <laughs> holding a bottle up to this baby deer. It's so funny. But I was like, I think I was like seven years old at the time. <laughs> yeah. It was your responsibility to take care of him. Am I correct? That's right. That's right. It was my responsibility. I bet she was so cute. <laughs> she was so cute. Uh, looking back, if you could change anything you did in your life, uh, what would it be in one? Oh, that is so hard. Um, hmm. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and this seems really petty and trivial. Because um, honestly, I wouldn't take back anything in my life. I feel like everything that's happened to me has made me a better person. And, and I've learned so much from every mistake that I've made that, you know, has really taught me what not to do next time. Um, but I was just thinking about this the other day that 
I spent so much time um, crying over a broken heart. Anytime, you know, I got, you break up with someone or you get broken up with in the dating arena, which you're going to get into very soon. And, um, and, you know, I just spent so much time being so upset anytime a relationship ended or, you know, a boy broke, broke my heart. And I was, I was just thinking about this the other day. I was like, why did I spend so much time crying over this and crying over that boy? Because, you know, really all that meant was that he was just not the one for me. And if you can think about it like that, and this is something that I want to impart on every like little girl listening and you too, Caroline, that, you know, whenever you start dating and somebody (laughs) breaks your heart, you know, or you get broken up with and you're just crying because you're so sad because you really liked him so much. But at the end of the day, that's just God telling you like, hey, he is not the one. Like you need to get over it, move on. There is somebody better out there that's going to treat you right and never make you cry. So I just want everyone listening to remember that when you start dating or if you're already dating or maybe you just got broken up with, like let it go. There's somebody better coming who will never make you cry. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you for that advice as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know I learned so much from your book and <laughs> oh I'm so glad yeah and uh maybe never really go on to a dating site <laughs> I mean, well well at the end of the day that is how I met Spencer so I mean, yeah you never know <laughs> you meet the one <laughs> maybe whenever you meet the one you can say okay this is it <laughs> exactly as we approach Thanksgiving this year what are you most thankful for I am most thankful for making it through 2020, um, I, making it through healthy and safe and, you know, being able to pay all our bills and keep our heads above water this year mm-hmm. because it has been a tough year for everyone and especially for people who are self-employed like me, you know, who work off of bookings and traveling and making appearances. And you can't do any of that when there's a pandemic. So it's been kind of crazy this year. And it's been a hard time for so many people. And um, Spencer and I have just been so lucky and so blessed to have been able to have made it through this year unscathed and just healthy and um, prospering. Honestly, like we've really been thriving this year. Um, despite what we thought, um, because at the beginning of the year, I had a full schedule. And then right like a month later, it was like everything was canceled. So it was just a really crazy time for us. Um, but we ended up we ended up getting a lot of things out of the blue that really helped us out and, and um, just really helped us to make it a great year, mm-hmm. even though it's just been a crazy year. Um, but I'm just really, really thankful that 2020 is almost over and we made it. <laughs> Yeah, we have like December. (laughs) So what is your most favorite interview question? Okay, I think my favorite interview question is probably... Okay. So on my resume, whenever I competed in pageants, I always had that I do accents and impersonations. Mm -hmm. And um, so you can pretty much guarantee nine times out of 10, they're going to ask you to do an accent or an impersonation. (laughs) So um, I always loved doing that. And they did ask me that in pretty much every single interview. So including my Miss America interview. So that was always really fun. I love that question. But more to speed this up, whenever you uh, were on stage, so at Miss USA, I know there was a question where you have like the final question final expression then you have last question like did you have to get like answer all of those or did you it was just one on stage question 
Um, at Miss America, um, they well, they only do the onstage question at Miss America. So that's okay. all that's all we had to do was um, the onstage question. So that wasn't it wasn't like it is now, you know, how <laughs> they've changed it all up and it's a completely different competition. <laughs> so I I don't know anything about Miss America now, um, because it's just yeah. completely different. But when I was competing, it was just on stage question was the, the last phase of competition. Let me tell you, I think they should just have stuck with the one on stage question. Girl, you and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so whenever you were called, I know that you got called to sing at Miss America by, you know how he said, uh, Betty, Betty Cantrell. And then you were like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and how did you feel when your name got called that you could sing? Oh my gosh, that was the most amazing moment for me. Um, almost as amazing as as the, the yeah. crowning moment. Um, because I, uh, like I said, when I first decided to compete in pageants, the biggest part of it for me was the talent competition. Mm-hmm. So when I found out that I got to perform on live television at the Miss America pageant, I was just beside myself. I was so excited. Um, getting to perform... Um, for a live audience and on live TV was just, that was my main goal for the evening for the competition was to just make it into the top 10 so I could just sing so that I could just sing on that stage. And um, so when I was called number 10 of the top 10, I was very nervous. I did not think I was going to make it for a second there. Um, So I was so excited. That was one of the most amazing moments for me, for sure. Yeah, and you are such an amazing, beautiful, awesome singer. Uh, Okay, so this is a very fun question. I really wanted to ask you this. You had a lot of malfunctions when you were competing. Yes, I did. (laughs) Your earrings fell off. Like you, your crown wouldn't stay on. Like the Mm -hmm. little things weren't clipping. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, it actually kind of became like my whole, my whole mantra during my year was that mistakes don't define you because here I am messing up all night long at Miss America and somehow I won. Um, so, you know, being yourself is the best you can be. And if that's being clumsy, then, you know, be (laughs) yourself because sometimes it pays off. And I tripped in my evening gown, um, twice actually that, that night. And, um, I, I honestly thought it was over, but in my head at that, on that, in that moment, um, when I was tripping, I was like, you know what, if they're not going to crown me because I tripped and I'm a human being, then I don't want to win anyways. So that's what I was telling myself in my head at that moment. But it was, I was just, I'm constantly trying to give myself positive affirmations and just be like, you know what, I'm just up here trying to do my best and be myself. And if that's not good enough, then I don't want it anyways. And um, so that was my, my whole mantra, my entire year as Miss America. But even that, that entire night when things just kept going wrong and my earring fell off when I made top 15 and then I tripped in my evening gown and then my earring fell off at finals and my onstage question was just a disaster. And then there was no elastic in my crown, but somehow it stayed on my head the whole time and didn't, and never fell off. I mean, that was just a miracle. Um, you know, it just, it just goes to show that 
you know, mistakes don't define you. And sometimes they just make you look super real and super relatable. And, you know, people feel like, wow, that girl's a normal person. Like I can relate to her. And that's what Miss America should be. She should be real. She should be someone that everyone can look at and be like, oh, I want to be friends with her. Or like, I can relate to her. She's like the girl next door. And so, um, honestly, I just felt like, you know what, if I didn't trip, I I wasn't being myself. So (laughs) whatever. (laughs) I'm okay with it. Yeah, all I have to say is period. <laughs> um, also, like, just like Casey Musgrave's song, like, I know you mentioned it in your book, Pageant yes. Material. That's just, like, perfect. A perfect song for your experience. At yes, it is. Okay, this is my trivia question. <laughs> <laughs> Which darling wanted to marry Andy? Oh, Charlene Darlin. Yes. Yes. Nailed it. (laughs) Okay. So as we close, as our last question, I just wanted to ask you if you could give anybody advice because before nationals, nationals in like in a week, if you could give anybody or if you could give advice to anyone, what would it be? Oh my gosh. For you girls getting ready for nationals? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Oh my gosh. So I can just say, you know, from experience being at UNM last year, you're going to have the best time of your life. It is just, and I know Caroline, you know this, it is just the coolest experience. And Miss mm-hmm. Jackie makes it so incredible for each and every one of you, creates the most unique experiences for y'all to go through together and bond and and um, just be so excited because, you know, at this point you've worked so, so hard to be where you're at. And, you know, it's in God's hands at this point, when you get there, you know, you're going to be ready. So don't stress, you put all your worries aside, Mm -hmm. um, because you're ready at this point and, um, get excited because I am so excited to see you and hang out. I hope that Miss Jackie creates a little time for us to hang out and, um, just, just don't stress, don't worry. It's in God's hands and just focus on having fun because it really is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So soak it all in. Yes. Well, before, you know, we say adios, I wanted to say <laughs> this has definitely been the best birthday <laughs> ever. Like, seriously, I did not expect my mom, whenever I had these other podcasts, she was like, well, you know, like you love Betty Maxwell like so much. And everyone was like telling me, go, go for it. Ask, ask, ask. So oh. I asked and I was so shocked when you said yes. And I was like, Okay, so this is the day, this is the day. And whenever we had to reschedule, it was like perfect time that we had to reschedule too. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the day before the birth- my birthday. And oh, that I was so perfect. Thank you. Happy uh, birthday. Yes, I, it's actually my golden birthday, as me and my mom would like to call it, because I'm turning 11 on 11-11. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is your golden birthday. Yeah, so my mom is trying to be so extra about it and give me a golden <laughs> puppy sleeve shirt. That is so sweet. I mean, I love her still. <laughs> I mean, I love her. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for being on my podcast again. I hope you had an amazing time, because I know I did. Um, my listeners, I hope you learned so much because I know I can speak for all of us. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, well, remember to 
Oh, go ahead. No, th- I was just gonna say, well, thank you so much, Caroline, for having me on. This was so much fun and you are a great host. Keep it up <laughs> and um, happy early birthday. I hope it's amazing. Thank you. My listeners, remember to uh, tune on for my next episode. And I can't wait to see you at Nationals. Woohoo! I can't wait. Okay, I love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye.